Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Saturday, February 13th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. The wait continues. Another pause for the Flyers and still a minimum of five days until they get back on the ice and resume the 2020 NHL season. A couple more names added to the COVID protocol list, which already included Travis Sanheim, Claude Giroux, Justin Braun, Jake Voracek, and Morgan Frost added a couple of days ago. And yesterday, Oscar Lindblom and Scott Lawton each added to that list. Now, you look at the names on this list, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven names. Morgan Frost actually not around the team uh, because he had is injured and he had surgery in Colorado. Maybe the reason why he's on that list is because he traveled out of state, so he's on COVID protocol because he returned. Uh, that, And we don't know if any of these players or which of these players has tested positive if they're on the list from a positive test or if they're on the list because of possible exposure and they're waiting for multiple tests uh, of negativity to take them out of COVID protocol. So we don't know if whether it's Oscar Lindblom, Scott Lawton, Travis Sanheim, Claude Giroux, Justin Braun, Jake Voracek, or Morgan Frost. If any of these tests, if, which, if any of these players have tested positive for COVID nineteen, um, presumably at least one did. You would think probably two. I don't know though. Uh, we don't have a definitive answer on that, nor will we get one anytime soon. Maybe when it's all said and done, and this is in the rearview mirror, we get some more definitive answers about that. If you recall back to when Shane Gostaspare was out uh, during training camp in the beginning of the season, uh, he was in COVID protocol, and we didn't know at that time. We, eventually, you can put two and two together when he was the only player, and then there was some transparency at, uh, on the back end of that, that Shane uh, did deal with uh, being infected with COVID-19, uh, did have some symptoms as well. So it's it, it's a bit ambiguous right now. We don't know exactly where these players stand. And obviously, one of the thoughts when you see Oscar Lindblom's name uh, go onto that list, he he's a player uh, and a human being that just went through multiple months of chemotherapy, aggressive chemotherapy for his Ewing sarcoma diagnosis, which happened just a little over a year ago. Um, so you look at his situation and say, well, is he more uh, at risk than other players? Perhaps he is. I don't know. Um, I, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, I don't know who's at risk and what the contributing factors are. We've seen people that are very healthy have problems with this. We've seen people with comorbidities or with underlying health conditions go get through this fine. And we've seen people with underlying conditions uh, have trouble with it. So uh, to say, any of these players is, you know, it's definitive that if they have it, that they'll be fine. I don't know that that's a, an accurate statement, uh, but there is a clearly what you would deem as an outbreak in regards to the Flyers. When you have that many players in COVID-19 protocol, uh, you know, you're looking at a good amount of players and you'd have to wonder at this point, is the game in Tahoe, not that that should be front of mind, but is the game in Tahoe on the 21st, a week from today, uh, going to include the Flyers, or is it, are the New York Rangers going to reschedule their game that's scheduled for that Saturday against the Washington Capitals, and then they'll go to Tahoe and take on the Boston Bruins? We don't know the answer to that just yet either. But uh, as we sit here now, the Flyers, you know, through th- 13 games are 8-3-2. and two. They had four straight games postponed, and they're not going to have played a game in 12 days before they can resume their season, hopefully 
coming up this Thursday against the New York Rangers. That's a long time to be off the ice. They'll be off the ice for a calendar week uh, by the time they get back to practice Monday, if that indeed happens. So what are the, you know, the positives and the negatives of being off the ice and having 12 days between games when you're 13 games into a season that's a shortened season? Now, there are some positives. We talked about some of these yesterday uh, with Bill Meltzer on Flyers Daily. One that players like Travis Konechny, like Oscar Lindblom, this was before we knew that Oscar was on the list, but for Oscar Lindblom and Nolan Patrick and some other players to just have a mental reset uh, early in the season. Players that Oscar Lindblom coming back from what he dealt with last year, uh, but now knowing that he's back in the NHL and he can play in the NHL, it's a good opportunity to catch your breath and get your feet back under you. Same thing with Nolan Patrick. I think a a slight pause in the schedule can really help those two players. Then we talked about Travis Konechny. He, was, he, he piled up some points this season already, has the hat trick, was leading the team in goal scoring at the time of his healthy scratch. Uh, but his game is not dialed into the level that the Flyers, Elaine Vigneault, and you know the fan base expects of him, and frankly, that he expects of himself. So a, a little chance for him to take a breather can help. Now, as far as being off the ice for a calendar week, um, it's a long time. In season, it's a long time. Probably the only time players have in season been off for a calendar week, other than for injuries, uh, would probably be during Olympic years when they have that extended break um, with the Olympic years. Even if you're not an all-star and you have the all-star break combined like it was last year with the pseudo NHL bye week, it's still not that long. But you know, players find ways to still stay fit. They're not going to fall out of fitness in a week, uh, but they will need a couple of days to redial things in. NHL players are creatures of habit. A lot of pro athletes are, pretty much all of them. And to play at the level that they play at, everything has to be clicking perfectly. And if it's not, that's the difference maybe in, in a player playing really well and having a lot of success and a player looking like they're struggling. So some players, you know, they swear by the morning skate on the day of a game because they just want to get out there for 15 minutes, move around a little bit, get their blood moving, heat up their legs a little bit, touch the puck, feel the puck, and, and you know, shoot a few pucks, have a few passes, and just feels like it just knocks off the rust. That way, then when they get into the game that night, they don't have to go through that process in warm-up. Warm-up is all about, okay, now getting ready for the game. So there's, there's a lot of things at play. So part of it, and you, you hope that the Flyers are able to get back on the ice on Monday and back into game action on Thursday, and they'd have three days of practice on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to do that. And I know the coaching staff would love that as well, not just from the standpoint that you'd like getting your team on the ice to, to get back into the, the mindset of playing NHL games, but also to have some, some time to work on some things. You know, have the opportunity to work on some PK, some power play, some system stuff, some neutral zone forecheck, you know, those kind of things and and how they want to move forward as a team and take the next progressive steps for a team that in the first 10 games, the process didn't look very good. But in the last three, you're starting to see uh, bigger and bigger groups of time where it is looking like it's moving in the right direction. Uh, this coaching staff with Elaine Vigneault would like to take those next steps. They don't want a situation where they come back and they have to start over. 
they'd like to come back and, and build on where they left off, and we'll see if they're able to do that. Now, while they're not playing, there are other teams in the division that are. Not everybody, but there are other teams that are. And last night, uh, one team in the division, uh, or two teams in the division, one game, uh, took place between the first-place Bruins and the last-place New York Rangers. And the Bruins got a one nothing win in that game. 21-save shutout for Yaro Halark, Halak. And Igor Shosturkin made 29 saves in a one nothing loss uh, in that game. But the Bruins improved their record. I was wrong about the Bruins, by the way. I, I thought that they were a team maybe that could miss the playoffs this year. I thought they were long in the tooth, li- losing Tori Krug and Zdeno Chara. I thought, you know, you never know. Maybe they're a team that might stumble in this situation. Uh, they won the President's Trophy last year. Didn't have a great playoff. Okay, maybe they're a team that could stumble. Now they're 10-1-2 to start the season. And it's amazing because, um, really, the two in there uh, came in the first three games of the season for them where they only scored one goal per game and didn't have a 5-on-5 goal till their fourth game of the season, incidentally, against the Flyers. But 10-1-2, that's not a good start. That's an insane start, and they're still on the heater and right now they're leading the division. They're four points up on the Flyers. They've each played 13 games. They're 10-1-2. and two. The Flyers are in that second spot, also with 13 games, uh, at 8-3-2. and two. The Caps, one game less than the Flyers, at 6-3-3 three and three with 15 points, but three points back uh, with a game in hand. So if that game in hand turns out to be a regulation win, uh, then they would have 17 points and still be one back of the Flyers. Uh, the New York Islanders are holding down that fourth spot right now. Uh, over the Pittsburgh Penguins. They each have 13 points. Each have played 12 games, uh, but the um, New York Islanders have uh, five regulation and overtime wins, which is the first tiebreaker, and the Penguins only have three regulation and overtime wins. Uh, they are, through six, 12 games, 6-5-1 and one, and 13 points. They did get an overtime win uh, the other night on Sidney Crosby's uh, shootout goal. And the New York Rangers, I, I said they were in the basement. I was wrong. They're actually um, not in the basement. They are in sixth place in the division through 13 games, 4-6-3, and three, and 11 points back, but only a couple points back of a playoff spot. Uh, the New Jersey Devils only played nine games. They've missed a bunch, and obviously the two that were scheduled against the Flyers this week as well. So they've only played nine games, but they are 4-3-2 and two with 10 points, and the Buffalo Sabres, through 10 games, they've missed a bunch as well. And a lot of this started with a game between those two teams. Uh, the Sabres are 4-4-2 and two, uh, with 10 points as well. The division will continue to move on. Flyers did had played the most games in the division. Now, the only other team that's played 13 is the Boston Bruins and, and New York Rangers. So it's not like they're getting tremendously far behind from a schedule standpoint. Uh, like the New Jersey Devils, who've only played nine. Um, that is provided that... Tonight's game that was scheduled against the Devils and tomorrow's game that was scheduled against the Rangers are the end of uh, the postponements. You get into Thursday and next weekend, then things start to build up, and then you have to wonder where the pain in the schedule is going to come after all that is said and done. How are they going to squeeze these games in in an already condensed schedule uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers? But we'll see what happens. We'll see what the next couple of days brings to uh, the Philadelphia Flyers and and, and these players that are in COVID protocol, hopefully this moves in the right direction. The team's able to practice on Monday back at the practice facility, get a good workout in on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, get back on the ice Thursday against the New York Rangers, and then head to Tahoe for that game against the Boston Bruins a week from tonight. 
We'll see how that all plays out. There's a lot of variables here, and we'll see how this plays out for the, not only the Flyers, but the entire NHL over the next period of time. But that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another brand new episode. So in the meantime, everybody enjoy your Saturday, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's Flyers Daily.